Well, I'm glad that you're ready because we are now live. We are live, 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 Mr. Very Jerry. Nice. How are you? Great and getting better. Good. Well, of course you are. I'm here now. And you get to see my pretty face. No. In case you forgot, I still have that huge two foot wide by four foot tall picture that scared the holy crap out of me one time. So I never can't see your face if I want to. That's awesome. I can't I'm, say I'm actually it's been glad. several years since I felt the need to get that out. <laughs> but, but you do have that ability. See, have ability. you are a very lucky person. Hello, double welcome to the show. And everybody, welcome to Newsworthy. Hello, we are double. we're happy to be here tonight. Um, we got a lot of things to cover today. Uh, we're having some wine. Jerry, I'm going to tell them about the wine while you're doing whatever you're doing. I haven't even tried it yet. Let's try it real quick. Let's try some wine. Interesting. All right. So it is obviously, what is it, Jerry? A cold, sweet red. <laughs> exactly. And this one is called Sweet Walter Red. It is um, bottled and cellared. In my Bully Hill Vineyards in New York. So Hammond's New York City. <laughs> yes. And that's not Texas. No, no. It's New York City. But there's a reason for that today. What's that? The reason is, and we don't cover numbers anymore, but we have somehow developed a pretty devout a devout following up in New York. So nice. I wanted to in California. In California, which has a lot of wine, but uh, they always do the the wines that probably doesn't fit our palate. The highly ranked wines from all the wine connoisseurs. Yes, that taste like crap. Yeah, pretty much. Um, hey, um, so uh, got this sweet Walter Red. Uh, just had the first drink of it. It's not terrible. I have to drink it more of it before I figure out whether or not it, it is up there in our list. And our list is the important list, right? Absolutely. So, um, real quick, before we get into the show. Last week, I was a bit impassioned. A wee bit impassioned. And I said some things that I said wrong. And probably as a result of me saying I'm wrong, was probably taken wrong. And I just need to, to clarify and to apologize. Talked about Mr. Fetterman in Pennsylvania. And I was really concerned. And I honestly still am concerned about the ramifications of a stroke. But I in no way, shape, or form or fashion meant that if he, his stroke and, and, and the results of his stroke are only physical i wish him the very best in in representing pennsylvania and the rest of the united states my only concern was if he had suffered a mental issue and i wanted to apologize to him and to anybody in pennsylvania who voted for him even though you know far be it for me to say that if he's got a physical ailment he can't serve and i don't i just don't think that that's the case so wanted to apologize for that as long as we're doing those, I've got uh, one I would like to make. 
I think his last episode where we mentioned that Mitch McConnell had said that it didn't matter who the GOP ran as candidates, that we were still going to win. Uh, did a little research and we found out that not only was that not the case, he's actually said the opposite. What he said on numerous times, and the last time being on August 18th at a speech for the Northern Kentucky Chamber of Commerce, was when he was asked about the likelihood of the Senate flipping. He said, and I quote, I think there's probably a greater likelihood that the House flips than the Senate. Senate races are just different. Candidate quality has a lot to do with the outcome, end quote. So, yeah, he's actually said pretty much the exact opposite. So, Mitch, we're still not fans, but we uh, didn't intentionally mean to mischaracterize what you said. And we'll give you credit that, that it appears after. And trust me, we, we looked long and hard trying to find yep. evidence that you said this. We can't. So we wanted to say we're sorry. And apparently you didn't say it. Now, that being said, today he was reelected as leader of the, the GOP in against Rick Scott, the first time in 15 years he's even had someone step up against him. And I just want to say, even though I live in Kentucky, uh, I really wish Rick Scott would have won. I really do not. And, and, I don't like Rick Scott. Well, I don't. it's not a question of like to me. Yes. It's a question of has Mitch become too complacent? We got No, he's too, too complacent. I agree. Now, what did Rick Scott claim when he – Announced he was going to run against Mitch McConnell. What re what primary reason did he say that he was doing it? Because of what? The the midterms. The midterms that Mitch McConnell, as leader of the GOP, had let down the Republican Party. Sounds right. Sounds it makes sense, right? Well, the leader does let, get the let, credit, and on, the leader also gets the negative. The leader, to some degree, you're right. Now, if there's one person that would deserve more credit or more blame. For candidate, Senate candidate that ran in this election, who would it be? Maybe the one guy in the Senate that was elected to do that job and that job only? Which, let's see, who would that possibly be? Oh, Rick Scott. <laughs> that was Rick Scott's job. But when they lost, he chose to blame Mitch McConnell and say, since you did so poorly, I need to run against you. Do you think that, well... And to me, it just showed, in the Senate, it showed the very similar as Americans are. It's really hard to vote against the incumbent. It is. You, it you know, is. that's what it showed me. <laughs> but not only that, here, here's neither you nor I are Mitch McConnell fans. But one of the reasons we began doing research to see if he had, Mitch McConnell had actually said what we said, he's known to be what? A consummate politician. Oh, yeah. He doesn't say the wrong thing. No. He doesn't do the wrong thing as far as when you stop and look at the optics of what's good for his career and good for the GOP, if there's one person that I had to pick out that does an extremely good job of portraying himself correctly, of saying the right thing at the right time, it'd be Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Now, I don't agree with a lot of things he does, a lot of the ways he votes, and blah, blah, blah. He's a consummate politician. I'll give him credit for that. So... Yeah, Rick Scott had a long uphill battle when he decided to go against McConnell. And McConnell, from what he was saying at the time, it was very obvious he had zero concern. I think his exact statement at the time was, I have the votes and I will win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they do that a smart way. So Secret vote. It's secret, secret vote. That way, you know, there's no repercussions to if someone did choose to vote against them at that time. Yep. 
So one of the other things, since we're playing catch up to everything, I finally called the church. I called three times and unfortunately I have not been able to contact anyone. Perhaps the dark entity has swallowed the church and everyone in it. Um, But I will continue to try to make those calls. Um, We have it back on our to-do list. Yeah, it's back on the to-do list, but I have made those calls. So we just couldn't get that out. And I just got to throw out one more thing before we get into the show. What's that? Two more things. And I've got a couple too before okay. we get there. Um, your boy, yesterday. My boy? Your boy has announced Ronald his Reagan. 2024 run for president of the United States. My boy passed away. <laughs> Ronald Reagan is no longer with us, unfortunately. Well. <laughs> well. Uh, Donald Trump announced for his, his presidential run you, 2024 yesterday. You blew this up. What? Usually before we get to this point, we do the how's your week. No, 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 I know. I'm just, I haven't even got to that point I, yet. Here's my point. I had the whole thing figured out. You were going to oh. do how's your week, and my response was going to be terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Not terrible. Terrible. With a U. Terrible. Why? America. America. <laughs> Why is it terrible? Because Donald Trump announced he's running for president. Yeah, he certainly is. And and in his announcement speech, and, and here's where you and I differ. If Donald Trump <laughs> would stick to the script, if Donald Trump would do what his speech writers give him, he would be well liked. This, this speech was amazing. It was positive. It showed a contrast between himself and what's happened the last two years. Um, I was blown away. I, I was legitimately blown away by his speech and the fact that he was able to maintain his composure while giving the speech. Um, normally he strays off. He starts way off pointing fingers. He starts bad mouthing folks. If he would just stick to the script. How many times <laughs> have we said this? Oh my gosh. I, I, we couldn't, so we couldn't take our shoes off and make the numbers work. Now here's, Here's something else that I'll say. There's probably not that big of a difference. There's some, but there's probably not that big of a difference between Trump and many, many other political candidates. Yeah. Most of the rest of them are smart enough to realize they need to stick to the script. Yeah. Trump, unfortunately, thinks that no matter who his speechwriters are, he's far smarter than they, and they can't tell him what he should and should not say, and he, by golly, he'll do it his way, well, which 90% of the time he does end up yeah. doing it his way. Yeah. I, well, this is when he goes, he goes, you know, terribly wrong. The the sad thing is, uh, if if someone doesn't emerge like a DeSantis or whoever, but between now and New Hampshire, Trump's going to be your nominee. He's already got a guaranteed thirty percent. Well, when you that's say hard to be unless beat. someone emerges. DeSantis has already emerged. Yeah. You said last week that you thought he would beat Trump because of several things. One. The margin of victory that he had, which was basically oh, yeah. unheard of in a swing state. Yeah. This is not a red state. Florida is a swing state. If you remember the Chads, you know, determining the election between uh, Al Gore and George Bush. This is one of the swing states. And he won it. But do you remember the margin? Forty uh, percent. Huge. Yeah. Forty percent. So DeSantis has already points, done his part. But here's the question. How many people have the kahunas to stand up and endorse DeSantis or anyone other than Trump. Right. Well, they're going to become an attack. They're going to be attacked, come under attack immediately. Okay. Next Trump. We'll talk about Trump. We got a whole two years to talk about Trump and his run. 
the other thing that I wanted to mention before we even get started the show was last night. Did you get to see it? Did you stay up for it? No. I didn't either. Didn't even know it was happening. What's but that? I saw the video today. I don't even know what you're talking about. The Artemis launch. You're absolutely right. Un-freaking believable. Saw today, but not last night. Wow. This thing is three stories tall. 332 feet tall. They said it was the most powerful rocket humankind has ever launched. And it's on its mission now around the Earth, around the moon. It's going to stay out there for a couple weeks. And then it's coming home. And if everything checks, uh, they're prepping for uh, next year to put four astronauts in it, take them around the moon. They're not going to land and bring them home. And then the year after that, they're going to land on the moon. Again, some huge plans, some very aggressive plans, and certainly hope that they're successful in every one of them. Me too. Okay. Absolutely. Whew. Got all that out of the way. <laughs> Let me finish up my oh, couple sure. of yes, issues. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I did the episode about the Giving Pledge. Um, someone added herself to the, to the list this week that I thought was big enough news that we should at least mention it. Uh, last week, if you are last episode when I covered it, if you remember, the, the person that had originally brought my attention to it was Mackenzie Scott, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Jeff Bezos himself this week um, did an interview, and he finally said that he is signing the Giving Pledge, in which he promises to give away the majority of his wealth within his lifetime. He's kind of insinuated and hinted at it before, and he flat out come out and said it this past week. Uh, you know, when you're talking about 100, 150 million or billion dollars, this is big news. You know, I, I agree. He's probably going to keep 1%, which means he's still going to have 150 million. I don't care. When you're uh, willing to give away hundreds of billions of dollars, this is a big deal, and, and you deserve your kudos for it. The other issue, the other thing, not issue, the other thing that I wanted to mention, Veterans Day, we just had it a couple of weeks ago. Thank you to every veteran that has ever served. Thank you for your service. A few days ago, I read something that, to me, summed up Veterans Day and the way we should give tribute to veterans and the way we should look at veterans better than anything I've ever read. Here's what it said. Veterans Day. It is the soldier, not the reporter, who's given us freedom of the press. It is the soldier, not the poet, who's given us freedom of speech. And it is the soldier, not the organizer, who's given us for the freedom to demonstrate. And it is the soldier who salutes the flag, who serves beneath the flag, and whose coffin is draped by the flag, who allows the protester to burn the flag. The quote was by Father Dennis Edward O'Brien, former member of the United States Marine Corps. Very good quote. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I really can't uh, can't add anything to that, except, you know, as coming from a family that is lost and from a family that is served, um, those guys earn it. Every, every accolade. Um, we couldn't be doing this without that. Uh, and there are people all over the world that fight for what they'll never have. So we're, we're very fortunate to have what we have. Yeah, we are. So, whew, that was deep. Very deep. But 
it's hard to discuss Veterans Day and to give proper tribute without getting deep. No, it is. You're right. Before exactly. this, my, my other favorite quote had probably been, I think hey, Mochi. a song. Hello, Mochi. Uh, all gave some, some gave all. Oh, yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus. Very apt lyrics. Yeah. You know? A lot of songs have been sung and a lot of great lyrics, but that one had always stuck with me when I read this one. And, and I actually was so moved by it that I did a little research on this guy, Father Dennis Edward O'Brien, really uh, interesting life. He spent most of his life in Mexico and ended up spending the last 15, 20 years of his life dedicated to trying to improve the religious experience for retarded people. Mentally retarded people up until then, he thought had been shorted by the Catholic Church, that not much effort had been made to allow them to participate. And he dedicated the last uh, several years of his life to that pursuit. J just a very good guy. Interesting. Very much so. So, how was your week? Oh, dude. My <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Good. Um, good. Last couple, last three, last four weeks have been really busy. Got a big closing tomorrow. Stoked by oh, that. That was nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um Closing. We got a new listing. We got we got lots of things moving in the right direction. Still doing the part time gig, um, loving that, helping some folks and uh, enjoying that. What about you? Terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. It can't be that bad now, terrible. Jerry. Now you get to see my pretty face. We're having, and I just want to say this good wine is good really wine. good wine. That's up a little bit, yeah. but overall, my week terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Two reasons. One, we already covered Donald Trump. But the other one was, all these years, I thought it was a dryer that was shrinking my clothes. Oh, really? Turns out it's a refrigerator all along. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like how you worked that in there. It was sweet. I I, I really like how you worked that in there because I was not ready or prepared for that. So good job. Quite well. <laughs> so if, okay, so next week, uh, let everybody know, next week, we are doing a Thanksgiving show. Yes, we are. Um, well, it's so, the premise, right? We don't care to keep that. No, no. In fact, I was going to ask people Good. to send in uh, reasons one, of what you're one or two for. or ten reasons why you were thankful. We may not be able to read them all, but we'll try to get well, through we'll as, as many as we can. The whole show next week is all about things that we are thankful for and that our audience is thankful for and just to look Toward the future, I guess, of the things we're because we want to keep the things we're thankful for. So that's a Absolutely. futuristic thing. Um, so tell them how to re reach us and send that stuff in, Jerry. Well, they have a couple of ways. One is the uh, email, which is newsworthy with Stephen Jerry at gmail.com. The other is the text line, which is area code 540 709 and again, both of those are on the podcast website. And yeah. Next is recipe. Whose week is it? Last week you thought it was mine. So we did the awesome recipe for potato chips. I think this week is yours, correct? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Need me to go again? Hey, um, you know, yeah, that'd be great. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Do you have something? Sure. Awesome. See, this was your idea anyway. So definitely you need to go twice in a row. Oh, this makes three times in a row. Oh. I did it two weeks ago. Last week should have been your turn, but you asked me, so I did the potato chip. 
This week, uh, I don't have the link, but I will put it up on the website. And it's from allrecipes.com. And I think the name of the recipe is simply sausage and sauerkraut. Uh, you add bacon, apples. Uh, again, Steve doesn't like sauerkraut, so he's not going to like the recipe. Kind of goes without saying. The only time I've ever in my entire life seen Steve eat sauerkraut was, I think I would mention this, a, a few years ago, the precursor to our international night started off with his wife who, well, before Cuban sandwiches. The way it all got started was your wife loves Reuben sandwiches and uh, tradition in your family has been on birthday. You get to have the meal of your choice. Yeah. She had requested Reuben sandwiches, and Steve didn't think it was fair for him to make that since he doesn't like sauerkraut. Yeah. So he if, asked me if I would. If, like if it. you're a, if you're a cook, if you're yeah, a cook for other people, you have to be able to taste before you serve. Totally agree. And you I, can't taste. You can't I, taste what you don't yeah. like. You're not given good service if you yeah. can't even taste it. Right. So he asked me if I would mind making them. I love Reuben sandwiches, so I made them. Um, part of the sauerkraut for Steve, I did totally drain and rinse, which meant there was like zero sauerkraut flavor. He did try it. Uh, I would give him credit. Steve will try most things. He likes to brag about that. Now, in many cases, before the bite actually enters his mouth, <laughs> before it's actually crossed his lips, He's already scrunching his face up into this, you know, picture of horror that, that is past his lips. But he will try things. So. Hey, I tried two new things tonight. Yes, you did. Great. I was impressed. So we're now up to 13 things. It's on his approved food list. <laughs> it was 10 not long ago. But anyway, the recipe for sausage and sauerkraut, if you do like sausage, uh, it, it is far and away the best recipe. I will give a link to it once we get the the uh, podcast put up if you like sausage and sauerkraut it's far and away the best recipe i've ever had um the bacon the, the apples uh caraway seed absolutely brown sugar again there, there's it all depends upon how you like sauerkraut the recommendation is that you pour out approximately half the liquid if you're not big into the sauerkraut flavor which is a vinegar flavor let's just admit it that's what it is if you're not big into that at all drink more. Also, you, you offset that by adding brown sugar to where you get it to. The combination of vinegar and brown sugar creates an umami flavor. Uh, and you can add as much brown sugar as, as is needed to get to the point that you like. But incredibly good recipe. Don't have the link in front of me, but we will put it up. And uh, yeah, we will now expect Steve to have recipe of the week for the next three weeks. I will do so. And I will have good recipes. Not recipes where you actually spend all the time. You cook it, and then you take it, you throw it in the trash, that and you go to week. McDonald's. That was last week for Grippos. It's the same. No, it's not the same. Not for sausage and sauerkraut. <laughs> so, you know, we did our show on Ghost. Yes. Had a ghost write me the other day. You had a ghost write you? Really? Yeah, it okay. did. Very nice. And it, all it asked is, we, we thought we were... Our reach was great. We didn't know we was to the supernatural. I know, right? Well, that's what happens when you, you start going down these holes. There you go. It asked me a question. Which it what? says, why do ghosts like to use elevators? Oh, my goodness. Why is that? To lift its spirits. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. Mm. Now, that's obviously for the when it's ascending. What about when it's descending? 
Oh, it's a ghost. It doesn't have to. Okay. Never the same. Yeah, always no. going up. Always going up. Very nice. Oh, man. Sorry. I got choked. So, the more I drink this wine, the more I like it. I agree. And again, the name was? It's Sweet Walter Red. Sweet Walter Red. Yeah, it's got like a cartoon picture on the front. It's really neat. It's very good. We've almost killed you. the name Walter, I can't help but think of Jeff Dunham and his ventriloquist, oh, yeah. Walter. <laughs> one of his oldest, if not the oldest, of his Dunham. The one looks just like Joe Biden. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. I thought he was going to say me. Well, I didn't want to say this out loud. <laughs> and I didn't want to take away from our audience getting the visual the first time they come on and see okay. the video, which is coming soon to a YouTube maybe, channel near you. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, may have to announce my retirement shortly before this. No, I don't think so. I don't, there's no retirement. From the very from beginning, this. I was saying I wanted to remain anonymous. Next thing I know, Steve was like, hey, let's put in video. Well, here's the thing. I never thought in a million hundred years that we would be in almost 20 different countries and have covered almost every United, every state in the Union. Very true. I would have never thought that. You know, we've not been given credit much lately. Once again, Mr. Mike, thanks. Thanks so much for flying around the world. <laughs> thanks so much for bringing Steve and Jerry to the rest of the world. Yeah, and not I, only thanking I us, I'm sure the rest of the world is thanking him. Well. That's what I was going to say. I don't know if the rest of the world is reciprocating <laughs> that thanks or not. <laughs> oh, man. So tonight, we're going to be covering a couple of cool topics. Um, again, we're going to, next week, we want to talk about, and I'm going to put this on my Might Facebook. interrupt one second? Sure. Mochi just asked if you told me how that she made your heart drop. And I have not heard this story, so I'm sure I need to hear it. Oh, oh. Uh, she, she was talking, she sent me a message. I was in a meeting yesterday. Okay. And I looked at my phone, and the only message I got was, Russia just bombed Poland. Oh, <laughs> Okay. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm sure your immediate thought was everything I've been, I've been telling you people. And I'm like, oh. So then, that was the first thing that came out. That and, was the first thing you were and, and that's so wrong. Because. But it's the way the media works. Yes. It's attention grabbing. As soon as I broke away from my meeting, I actually stopped the meeting for a minute and said, hey, i got to check this out. Because the beginning of World War III is kind of a big deal. Yeah. And that's what that would be. Oh, um, yeah. You're right. You know, I mean, that's so if I'm not mistaken. It, it real quickly got countered. But had not Joe Biden already called a meeting with G7 and NATO? Well, he was at the G20 at okay, that time. Yes. You, so, you don't attack a NATO member without serious consequences. Yeah. And, and, you know, my first thought was, OK, and I look it up and it's only two missiles. And I'm like, that is not how you instigate a war. Right. Yeah, and I was I was fearful all night, to be honest, that we were going to overset or use this as an opportunity to escalate further. I don't know when they come out and said, here's what we really believe happened. I didn't, it was I didn't late see last today. night or earlier today. I didn't see it until yeah. today. I don't, but yet, real quickly, uh, Biden and the rest of the world said, here's what we think actually yeah. happened. We think it's Ukraine. But yeah. you're right. When, those, when, when the news headline first came out, I thought two things. Number one, oh, shit. Number two, damn it, Steve's going to say, I told you so. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's why my heart dropped yesterday. 
the you know that is a I feel that uh, uh, yeah I know I know kidding right yeah um, and I, I I'm going to do a show about Ukraine my part of the show very soon. There's some stuff coming about out about Ukraine every day that remember yesterday or the day before we decided all of a sudden we were going to send people in on the ground to monitor where our equipment was going. Not the day before, that's two or three weeks ago. Okay, well, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, you um, sent me an email, and I was like, "What the? Well, here we're creeping, you know. That's what my intent was. I didn't realize it until after I started digging. It's because." The equipment we're sending in there is being sold on the black market all over the world. Well, I mean, does that not always happen to some degree? Now, very small percentage. Hey, very, Raccoon. Very Glad you're here. Hello, Raccoon. But, yes, it, you always run that danger, you know. Well. With them or anyone else that we've ever given crap to. Yeah, no, I get it. But if you're in the middle of defending yourself from the big bad Ruskies, you don't sell the stuff well, we're sending not. you to. The country isn't. To be honest, what's happening is, is there a few corrupt people that seize an opportunity to make some money? Sure. But the country is, you know, not doing this. To be yeah. fair. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I just, so I'm going to do a whole, my, my whole show, part of the show is going to be on Ukraine. Very soon. Not next week. Next week we're doing I Thanksgiving. I tell you what it's going to be because you've been pretty clear from the very beginning. You ain't kidding. You, uh, here's all I've got to say. We I hope that our allies help us more than you expect us to help Ukraine if we ever need help. Because you think we should help them very, very little. There's a difference between very little and $100 billion we don't have. Let, hold on. There's I a agree, huge agree, difference. Agree. You remember what There's you a middle said. there somewhere. Remember what you just said a couple of weeks ago, and, and I'll get out the actual text message and quote it. <laughs> when you sent me a copy of the note that we had troops on the ground, yes. we had boots on the ground in Afghanistan. Yes. Do you remember what your comment to that was? I don't. America should not lose one troop for Ukraine. Not one. Now, once again, I sincerely hope that our allies are willing to help us more, should we ever need them, than you're willing to help Ukraine. Heaven forbid we lose one guy. Heaven <laughs> in Ukraine. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's where you're coming from. I, and it, it comes from age. It comes from having children who are of age and would immediately be, you know, my one son is in reserves from the Marines. He would automatically be recalled. And it comes from two more of my children who have families already in the age group in which they could be drafted if, it, if World War III breaks out. You know, that those are real concerns for me. They are. And, but it's true for any country helping anyone. It's serious stuff. I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong. I'm just saying Ukraine is in a position where the future of their country is at risk. Sure. Period. Well, I get it. Period. And if you don't help these guys who have shown great allegiance to us since the fall of the USSR, who have tried to align themselves very closely with us, who've tried to be a great ally to us. Uh, no, they're not a member of NATO yet, although they want to be. They have requested to be. The only reason they're not a member of NATO is because we have refused them admission, probably for good reason, because we were afraid 
Number Russia one, was going to attack them. Not only did Russia <laughs> attack them, we, we first of all, when the USSR failed, we made several promises that we have not kept to Russia. We have promised that we would not bring NATO one inch closer. We've done that many times. So we can say all we want about the horrible things Russia is doing, and it's true. We have not kept up our end of the bargain. How many times do you think to, that's actually happened? What, us advancing towards Russia? Many times. No, no, I mean us not following through. Oh, and and yeah. this is a big well, deal. Well, this goes back us. to the beginning of our country. And look at the way we did Indians. How many promises and treaties did we make and then turn around 10 years later and tear it up and say, well, we're going to have to renegotiate this. We've done it many times. Yeah. So how about we get to today's actual show top four? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe that's a good idea. How about we start? Okay, so our actual show today is not Ukraine. Our actual show is going to be, um, we're going to be talking about the capitalization of Christmas, the commercialization of Christmas, excuse me, and and, whatever, and to scam or not to be scammed. And let's let you go ahead and start with the the commercialization of Christmas, because I think as we talked about over dinner, that most people have a history of their lifetime. Like, I think the best time in the world to be alive was the 90s. You probably think the best time in the world to be alive was like the 40s. So, you know, we we tend to think within our age. Over to dramatic much? <laughs> Somehow I'm not surprised you would go that far. So let's talk about no, you're right. let's talk about Christmas. Tell us all about it. Well, the question of is Christmas over commercialized is probably a pretty simple question, I would think. And I would think that, you know, depending upon who you ask, there would be some variance. But most people are gonna say yes. You find very few people I have in my lifetime that I've talked to who don't believe that Christmas has been over commercialized. But the question is Christmas over commercialized is a little bit deeper, as you said. When you talk to old-timers, you tend to get a story, which will basically be everything was perfect until 30, 40 years ago, and then everything went downhill straight down. That's just what you seem to get. The truth is, it didn't happen that way. Not that much has changed in the last 30, 40 years. It happened over a period of time. Obviously, Christmas originally is a Christian festival celebrating the birth of Christ. That uh, is literally the meaning. Christmas, meaning a mass for Christ or the birth of Christ, a mass to celebrate the birth of Christ is the literal translation for the word Christmas. Now, again, as we said, it didn't happen overnight. It happened through a a period of time. It happened through attrition. There's many different aspects of Christmas. There's many different traditions associated with Christmas, and those traditions will vary from country to country, and even within countries from region to region. But all of those change dramatically. We'll start with the Christmas tree. That began with fir trees, possibly began, we're not for sure. But the Christmas tree tradition may have begun with fir trees decorated with apples in Strasbourg in roughly 1605. Wow. Somehow we got from there to the fancy Christmas trees you see today, the vast majority being artificial because it turned out that the real Christmas trees were a a real fire hazard after you brought them indoors and 
and drive them out. Them, yeah, <laughs> them out for a month, and they ended up so brittle that a hot Christmas light could set them on fire. But again, a long way from the point. And actually, if you want to go back a little bit further, there is evidence in the 1400s of Christmas tree branches being brought in. There was a tradition in some countries of just branches, not a whole tree, just branches. Question? Yeah. When did when did the celebration of Christmas as we like start? Was that like right after? I mean, are we going Which back? Part? Which part of the Christmas tradition are you referring to? I'm talking about celebrating yes. the birth of Christ. Um, at the, probably at the time of Christ. Okay. Or very shortly thereafter. Okay. But you're talking about a secular, you're talking about, first of all, your question was a non-secular question. Christmas has become very much a secular tradition, right? Sure, it's sure. celebrated regardless of religion or even like Most of religion. Yeah. Most of there's many non-religious people. There's some who will say they're so non-religious that they refuse. But you've got many. Those are the happy holidays, folks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but you've also got atheists. You've got uh, people, Muslims. You've got many Muslims. You've got Jewish who do not believe in Christ. But in America, the majority of people celebrate Christmas. It's become a very secular holiday. So when you ask when did we begin celebrating Christmas as we know it, I would have to ask which part. There's so many different parts. If you're talking about gifts, which obviously the original idea of gifts at Christmas goes back to the three wise men that came to Bethlehem with the gifts of what? Do you remember the three Frankincense, gifts? myrrh, and uh, most expensive element in the world. Oh, uh, not most expensive, but traditionally, historically, the most traditional element. The gold. Gold. Yeah. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay. Well, I know that those were good enough for Christ, but I just want our fans to know I wear a crew size seven days if anyone wants to do Christmas for me this year. We'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get to that. Gold is obvious. We know what it is. Frankincense. What is frankincense? The name kind of gives it away, right? What is it? It is definitely a, I use it as a, a scented oil. <laughs> it's an incense. Yeah. It's, it's it, an incense. Yeah. Myrrh. What is myrrh? Uh, I have no idea what myrrh is. Most people don't. It's not taught in Sunday school, right? Is it, is it the guy who is on nope. Impractical nope. Jokers? Myrrh <laughs> is slash was an embalming oil. Why would you give somebody that as a gift? Yeah, first of all, I have no idea if that was a typical gift. That the rich. Oh. Because keep in mind, we're not talking about things typically given by poor or middle class people. These are gifts from the rich. Right. If you're giving gold. That's very rich. I'm not for sure if even among the rich this was a typical gift. If it was, how morbid can you get? Oh, congratulations on the birth of your new child. But by the way, if it doesn't work out, here's some embalming oil. Are you kidding me? You're you're absolutely right. Now, in the case of Christ, not so much morbid, not so much wondering why, because the intent was never for him to be on earth long. Right. Again, as I said, it's morbid when you think, you know, congratulations on the birth of your child. If it doesn't work out, here's some embalming oil. In the case of Christ, it was if things do work out, he's not going to be here long. He's going to ascend back. Right, and he was the answer to a prophecy. Absolutely. A prophecy that the wise men already knew about. Absolutely. 
Back to some of the traditions. We talked about. I'm sorry. Traditions. I didn't mean to. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. The Advent calendar, according to tradition, was created in the 19th century by a Munich housewife who got tired of having to answer endlessly, when will Christmas come? <laughs> I have no idea if that's true, but it makes perfect sense. You could absolutely see some mother getting tired of being asked 40, 11 times per day. <laughs> when is it going to be Christmas Day? She'd come out with a calendar. And, okay, well, for every day, we get to open one. You can see how many days are left. That's when Christmas will be here. Um, Speaking of that, yes, it makes me, as a father of five children now with a bunch of grandkids, I understand why Yoda just died. He had answered. He had got, Luke had asked him so many questions that he just get. He just died. I understand that. I always I always wondered why he did that in the movie. Now I understand. When you were your kids were young, did you make many long distance trips? Uh, yeah, usually. I did a lot. I lived in Virginia. All my family lived in Kentucky. We were driving back and forth quite often. It was just my daughter and I for a lot of the trips. Every trip would be just so often. Dad, when are we going to be there? Are we almost there? When are we going to be there? I got tired of looking at the clock and doing the math and figuring it up. So I got to where I would just say pretty soon. To this day, the two words that my daughter most hates to hear in the world is pretty soon. She hated to hear pretty soon. You're absolutely right. Kids will ask a million times. The next question, the last question or the last aspect that I'll get to concerning Christmas traditions is gifts. That, that's why we, when we're talking about Christmas being commercialized. Motion brings up a good point. You're talking exactly. about gifts. Uh, let's see. Would Mochi Munchie... Uh, yeah, great question. Would Mochi Munchie goodies be a good Christmas gift? It will absolutely be a great gift. I'll even go ahead and tell the story. It's a little embarrassing. We had a uh, comment left by someone that will remain unnamed. Oh. Um, we had a comment a while back, and we wished to reward the person, so it was double, and we purchased some items from Mochi and, and sent to her. Fortunately, very short distance in between, and it, it didn't involve a exorbitant amount of freight. Cost, yeah. Right? So my first thought when Steve was telling me about this comment was we should get some gifts from Mochi's Munchies and send them to the person. My next thought was this person probably lives in Egypt. We're probably going to spend $117 <laughs> to ship $5 worth of cookies. But Mochi, to answer your question, they would be absolutely great gifts for anyone. Probably yeah. even worth $117 to ship to Egypt. Back to Christmas. We keep getting derailed. Because Back Christmas Christ is such a... a Good and yet polarizing thing. It is. So back to your your, your topic. As far as the practice of giving gifts, that became predominant in the end of the 18th century in the United States. It had already become predominant in other countries. As you and I were speaking earlier, the Puritans who founded America thought it was very anti-religious to commercialize Christmas by giving gifts. So they pretty much made it excuse me, illegal. It was prohibited according to, not illegal, but it was prohibited according to church doctrine to to do that. It was meant to be spent, according to them, as a time and reflection of what the gift to the world had meant. And it was not something that was to be given gifts to families and children and so forth. But 
as far as in the United States, that's when that it became common was toward the end of the 18th century. Now, theologically, the feast day was supposed to remind us Christians of God's gift of Jesus for humankind. I say well-established because the first occasion of gift given, you know, as we mentioned earlier, obviously doesn't start in the 18th century. It goes all the way back to the wise men. And we talked about gold and frankincense and myrrh and what myrrh means. Uh, but, again, by the end of the 18th century, the very beginning of the 19th, is when the tradition of gift-giving at Christmas had become popular in the United States. Now, that's when it began to get a little crazy. The tradition was captured uh, real quickly that the retailers figured out what was going on. It became a very profitable season for them. Uh, Black Friday. You remember why it's called Black Friday? Nope. Really? You've forgotten? Yep. In the old, old days, before computers, accountants kept track of ledgers, right? Uh, yeah. Anything in red meant what? And red was, ink. Yeah. And red ink meant a loss. Yeah. Black ink meant a profit. Black Friday is known as Black Friday because on Black Friday, everything was black. There was no red. There was no losses. It was called Black Friday because of the way that we did accounting back in the day. And Black Friday was the day that everything, no matter how piss poor your business was, no matter how bad a year it was, on Black Friday, you went to the positive. Your ink from your accountant was in black. And as both of us old retail dogs, we know all leading up. But, you know, even... Maybe it changed. I got out a little bit before you did as far as real retail goes. Right. Um, even when I was still in retail, we would maybe push, we'd push Christmas up to right, right up to Thanksgiving, but we hadn't started really putting no, things out. before that. You think so? Way before that. There you are. One company it's been I worked for had a Christmas in July event every year. Oh, now, yeah, that's We right. didn't go crazy. That's we right. would have like an ad one or two weeks, but we did Christmas in July. That's when you true. and I worked together going back Gosh. to what late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, that's a long time ago. Yeah, and we were doing Christmas in July. I'm surprised you remember then. that. I mean, you were pretty old back then, so well, according to you, I was like 159 at that time, right? Now, once again. The retailers figured out that was a chance. First of all, they were already becoming popular. They were becoming very profitable. And they figured out there was an opportunity for them to do better. So the, the real marketing began. And that's what began the true commercialization of Christmas. But it's one thing to run ads. Those ads aren't effective. Those ads don't work unless what happens? We go buy the stuff. We respond. We respond in a positive way, and we go by. We fall prey to these ads, and that's exactly what happened. You know, they began during the turn of the 20th century, they began their direct marketing efforts at children in the hopes that they would entice the parents to buy more goods. And it worked, and it worked really well. And in fact, by the early 2000s, it was estimated that shoppers in the United States alone, this is, again, early 2000s, would spend over $4 billion each day during the Christmas season. Killed that bottle, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, we did. Um, with an average household spending almost $1,000 in gifts. We've come a long way. 
not good ways, uh, but we've certainly come a long way. Their concerns at gift giving during Christmas has become too commercial. Over 70 percent of respondents to an online survey of over 13,000 people in 14 European countries in 2016 said that way too much attention is put on spending during the Christmas period. 42% of those people said they felt forced to spend more at Christmas. 10% said they borrowed money to be able to afford the gifts. And that's where I think that there's, you passed all lines. At that point, there's no longer a question of, is it too commercialized? Are we going too far? You went too far when every, I understand if there's things that happen. Maybe you had a bad year and, you know, Uncle Joe fell and, and, and dad got hurt and mom was laid off. There's many reasons why you might have a bad year and need to borrow money. If you continually year after year have to borrow money to pay for Christmas, you're doing it wrong, yeah. in my humble opinion. Economists say that because of the mismatch between how the gifty values the gift and the way that the person who receives it views the gift, that there is a difference between one-tenth and one-third of their value that is called a deadweight loss of Christmas. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You spend $10 for a gift, and the person looks at it and says, ah, crap's worth five bucks at most. There's a difference between 10% and 33% that is considered a deadweight value of Christmas. Now, in 2020, the last year that I could find estimates, you want to guess how much was spent in America, all of America, on all of Christmas gifts in 2020? No, oh, guess. $80 billion. $777 billion. <laughs> Americans spent $777 billion. That's more than the GDP of most countries in the world. Here's some Christmas statistics for you. 15% are unhappy with their gifts. 10%, two months later, couldn't remember what they got. They can't remember what they received. 25% said that they had regifted at least some of their gifts to others. 14% said they had sold some of their gifts. 10% had tried to return them to stores. 5% had actually returned the gift to the buyer. That's crazy. Seniors are more likely to give unwanted gifts to charity. Those in the 25 to 34 year old range. Want to guess what they do with their unwanted gifts? What? Throw them away in the trash. They're, they're more apt to. Not saying they do it with everyone, but they're more apt to throw it away than they are to do anything else. They don't repurpose it. They don't regift it. They don't. They throw it in the trash. Any idea? Give me your best guess of the total estimated. Obviously, it's an estimate. What's the total estimated value of unwanted presents in the United States every year? So we just learned that seven hundred billion dollars. Seven hundred seventy-seven billion. Seven seventy. Seven hundred seventy billion is is. Spent how much is flat out not wanted? 400 billion. Half? Half really? Well, you really think we really suck at giving gifts. <laughs> 15.2 billion is absolutely unwanted. Yeah, this is why I do gift cards now. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I just women spend on average 20 hours shopping for credit. Women get screwed in life, you know, they really do. It just there's no two ways about it. No, I don't mean literally, <laughs> as you're over here humping the air. I mean figuratively, okay? Thanks for throwing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> These things can go downhill so quickly. So quickly. 
women truly do get screwed alike. <laughs> when you look at childbirth, you look at periods. Uh, if you look at one thing alone, how one of the biggest, you're going to talk about scams, right? I've got a far bigger scam for you that, that you're going to cover. Somewhere along the line, men have convinced women, you're ugly. You people don't look good. You need to get up every morning and put on a bunch of cosmetics. You need to spend a lot of time working, you know, with your hair. You need to do all this stuff to make yourself look better. And us guys, we look great. We don't need to do any of that. To That's one of the biggest scams in the world. How we were able to convince women of this is beyond me. Women, truly, apparently, according to you, figuratively and literally, get screwed. Anyway. Women, on average, spend 20 hours per year shopping for Christmas presents. And as Steve alluded to earlier, 56% of U.S. consumers wish to receive a gift card as a present instead of a present. So, has Christmas become overly commercialized? Absolutely. I think you'd be, probably have a hard time finding people who would disagree with that. Now, whose fault is that? It's ours. As we said, they can run all the marketing efforts that they want, but it's their choice. Every family's choice of whether or not they're going to go along with it, to what extent. Now, I mentioned earlier, if you're going in debt year after year to pay for Christmas, you're probably doing it wrong. Um, yes, there's pressure from society. There's pressure from neighbors and friends and family members to overspend. There always has been. There always will be. But it's still up to you and your family to decide what you're going to emphasize during the holidays, right? Yeah. Now, if you're religious... Are there pressures to conform to societal standards of many things, of how to dress, how to talk, how to act? Of course. Yeah. And those things make it hard to strictly adhere to your religion, to what you believe, right? But here's my point. If you can't resist those temptations regarding how to observe Christmas traditions, you're probably going to fail in all the others as well. Yeah. Once again, it's, it's all up to you and your family. Now, so my suggestion would simply be this. Have a talk with your spouse. Determine what's important. Determine what's feasible. Determine what's realistic. Set a budget and stick with it. Unless you're extremely rich and money's no object. If you're not, once again, our PayPal address is newsworthy <laughs> with Steve and Jerry at gmail.com. Please give generously. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was very well covered, Jerry. And, you know... I think that in in era of our show, this needs to be covered more, because even if you are well to do and money's no object, Christmas isn't about the dollars. No, no right. shouldn't and have been. Shouldn't have been. And um, a lot of the problems that are generated in our youth are from over gifting, giving too much. And what what think about it? What are we teaching our kids when we do that? Right. Well, we're teaching them that that's what it means, that that's what it's about. And those are the important things in life. Yeah, and it really isn't. So I would absolutely 100% agree. And you're right. I'm about to cover scams. Truthfully, before you start, okay. are any of them bigger than the scam that we have perpetrated upon women? Figuratively or literally, I'll let you take that the way you wish. Um, no. And you know, here's the fact. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the actual factual. In your favorite genre of things that we do, which is, uh, you are a huge fan of Podbean, or not Podbean, uh, huge fan of TikTok. 
No. Yeah, oh, oh no, you love TikTok. I'll listen to it occasionally. Um, Not like I used to, but I do like TikTok. Um, one of the big raging things now is where the women do their makeup up and it's a completely different woman. You know, it from, from night well, to day. Apparently you watch more TikTok than I do. I hadn't saw the trend. Oh well you need to. Um and oh, we're just going to skip around past that you're watching more TikTok than no, I'm not. I, I don't okay. watch TikTok, I don't even have TikTok downloaded on my phone. That's okay. that's for you know, losers like me, you know, other people. <laughs> um, but I think for the most part, women are way more beautiful without it. Think so? Yeah, I do, honestly. What is Mochi talking about with eyelashes? I have no idea. I don't know, yeah, no clue. But apparently, you like eyelashes and. Feet pick. Eyelashes, yeah, maybe. Feet picks, not so much. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about scamming. Let's do it. It is the season for scamming. Very true. Uh, and and we'll, we'll get into some of the stats here in a minute. I'm just going to jump right in because of lack of time about some of the biggest. Now, these, these stats are coming from the AARP. And they're coming from the ConsumerFraudReporting.com. Uh, Both of the—that's uh, uh, a, a .gov, excuse me. Uh, we want to just let you know what to be looking out for. Uh, if you have folks or elderly folks in your family that that tend to get riled up or tend to, wow. <laughs> if you have. Uh, Wow, I have completely lost my train of thought. If you have folks in your family that fall for things, that answer the phone, that are elderly, that are are young young men and women, believe it or not, the elderly and the 20 to 25 age group are the most heavily scammed folks. Um, and we're just going to cover a few of the scams that are out there. Uh, the Google Voice scam how this scam typically works is you list an item for sale online. Somebody comes on and they tell you that you have to figure out this code to, to be able to get paid. And when you do all your information in there, they, they get a track and can figure out how to steal your money. So don't share verification codes with anybody. <laughs> That's the lesson from that. Uh, in big cities, especially, this isn't much of a problem around here. Rental assistance cons. These are cons that will say they're going to help you rent a, a, another apartment or another place. Um, you give them your information. They're going to go out and look for it. Again, you've given up your information. It seems like it'd be great because now you have somebody professional looking out for you when all they're doing is fleecing your bank accounts or stealing your identity. Uh, fake jobs, those have been out for a hundred years. Those are pretend to be, you know, recruiters. They'll call the email or text and they just want to work with really high, high dollar jobs that you're not doing much with right. and, uh, or work from home jobs. Uh, and you have to pay some fees to get that started. They're going to take your fee and leave you high and dry. Um, fake him. Okay, so one-third of business imposter uh, complaints involves scammers claiming they're from Amazon. An entire third in our country. Um, 
And basically that means losing about $1,500 a person, $814 for younger adults. Again, that's the second highest group of scammed people in America, the 20 to 25 age group. Um, basically they come on, they say that they're real, they, they want to give you a discount or whatever, you have to give them some information, which they should have if they're actually from Amazon, they don't, so you have to give them some extra, that's when they got you, they steal everything in your bank account. If you ever have a question, please, please, please call Amazon support from their website, they will actually give you the right and tell you to save your money. Um, now how would that start, like with an email? Oh yeah. Well, they do it a set, many different ways. They even, in some of the bigger cities now, they're even in trucks driving to residences that they have seen. They'll, they'll be in a neighborhood and they'll mark one day all the packages and where they go. And then they will go back to those houses saying, hey, we sent you the wrong thing. Can I have your package back? And I will bring you the next, their actual package here and it's basically how many people would fall for that? Oh my already gosh. Opened it and it's the crap you ordered. I'm just saying it wouldn't be on air if that wasn't an accident. I know. <laughs> you know, and for some people, uh, this stuff makes no sense, and there's no way that we would ever fall for it. But if you're an elderly person who's not real comfortable with ordering from Amazon to begin with, maybe that makes a little more sense. Yeah. Um, it does. So basically, if anyone calls you, local tax imposters, if the tax person calls you and wants you to pay your tax bill in gift cards, that's a scam. <laughs> the tax people will never call you, period, ever. So it'll it doesn't always matter be, yeah. if they want you to pay. Yeah. They don't call. Right. They will always send you a letter, yep. a written letter. Um uh, some of the older folks probably aren't going to fall for some of these. However, um, some of the younger folks really will. And that's the P2P payment request, person-to-person, -person, Venmo, Zelle. Uh, I think Cash App is another one. Um, and basically, somebody pops up claiming to be one of your old buddies saying, hey, could you spot me 20? Uh, you spot them 20. You don't know who this person is, and they've got your money. Um, much lower dollar amounts typically. Um but uh, that, that is, unfortunately, a very, very real um, thing. Oh, very much so. All right. Now, we're going to switch over real quick because we want to get into some of the other ones. And, and these are from the ConsumerFraudAndReporting.org website. Um, and we're not going to do the top 10 because those top 10 are very similar to the, the ones that AARP had. Uh, one of the difference is a phone scam, just a regular phone scam. These scammers are so good at this point. They can, they can steal and clone a number that you might even recognize and call you from it. Or at least get in within the city. Here in Lawrenceburg, it's 502, you know, in the area sure. code. Uh, and get at least within the city, so you think it might be a local call. Right. So you answer it. Wrong yeah. So you answer it, and then they have this plea, hey, we're getting ready to shut off your water if you don't turn, you know, or we whatever they're pretending. I actually have an app on my phone, uh, Fake ID, I think is the name of it, and I can call anybody and pretend to be any number I wish. 
Oh, wow. And that's totally legal unless I, there are certain things. I can't pretend I'm the White House. I can't pretend I'm some government installation. I'm going to get some sure. the wrong people showing up at my door in a little bit. Literally, you can go to the Play Store and download these apps. That's how easy it is to do what you're talking wow. about. Wow. Crazy. So a couple of the other ones, and this is again. Before you move on, do you mind real quick? Here is to the extent. Don't ever trust anyone that calls you unless you recognize the voice of the person talking. Here's what I mean. <laughs> if someone calls you from uh, Discover Credit Card, American Express Credit Card, whatever credit card, and let's say by chance you have a card, a credit card with these people. And when they call you and say, hey, we just noticed a questionable transaction on your account. Just wanted to call and verify. If they want to tell you the place and the amount, it's that's fine. You, you can say, yes, I made that transaction. No, I did not. If they ask for anything else, you simply say, what company are you with? Let me get my credit. I don't need your phone number. I'll look on the back of my credit card and get the number and I'll call you back. Yep. You tell me what extension. Don't ever trust anyone. Here's why. If they ask you for any information, it's a scam. Yep. I don't care if you got a credit card with these people. These companies always already have the information. They don't and, need, to ask, they don't need to ask you. Exactly. They might ask you, you know, what are the, the last three digits of your zip code or what's your zip code? They might ask you what's, you know, by the way, the last four of your credit card number, don't ever give. The, the rest of it is almost automatic. The yep. first number tells you, is it Visa, MasterCard? Visa's four, MasterCard's five, American Express is six. That, that's the first number. The first four will identify the bank. Uh, the, the first eight are just really common. The first 12 is not uncommon. The last four is unique and identifies you. Don't ever give that out. Don't trust anyone who calls you. Ask them what company they're with. You look up the number of that company, you call them back. Yep. If it's that important, they'll be okay with that. Absolutely. Um, and that was what I was getting to. Uh, anybody that calls you and asks for anything, you just simply tell them no. <laughs> I'll call you back, just like Jerry said. Also, if you get a bunch of emails and you don't have a proper spam filter set up on your, on your, on your account, um, don't open anything that has a downloadable attachment. Don't open anything that has any kind of link that could install a Trojan horse. They can pretty now, much now tell them what you mean by that. When you say don't open, you can actually click on the email and look at it. Yeah. But if it has an attachment or if it has a link, don't Do click yeah. those. Yeah, and get rid of it. Um, because those are usually some sort of phishing and or Trojan horse. They're trying to take over your computer. Um, I learned that lesson the hard way when I lived in Colorado, remember? Yep. <laughs> Ended up, I ended up shutting down my, breaking my whole computer, trying to do a root fix on it. <laughs> Didn't work out so well. One of the biggest ones that I hate, um, and everybody's gotten these calls. There's two. Uh, the extended car warranty. <laughs> Everyone's gotten that one. Tons Multiple times. times. Uh, and most people have at some point in their life from, from on an email, uh, most people has gotten the email from the Nigerian prince oh, yeah. uh, asking you to send $3,500 and he would release $2 million to you. Actually, the one thing is he's not wanting anything except for my information. Oh, wow. He wants to know my name, address, date of birth, social security number, bank account number, so he can wire me the money. Oh, how about that? Isn't that nice of him? That is. Super nice guy. Yeah. 
Um, credit bureaus, anybody claiming, okay, as a realtor, this one kind of burns my biscuits because I've had a couple of clients that got really screwed over by this. If a company is calling you and saying, we can fix your credit, you pay us 160 bucks, and we'll make all your bad stuff go away, that's a scam. It's impossible to do that. <laughs> I don't even care if they're a lawyer. It's impossible to do that. Yep. The only thing that fixes your credit is to be responsible and time. That's it. Unfortunately, that's that sucks, but you have to be responsible. And then when you're responsible, that has to happen over a certain amount of time to be able to repair your credit. I'm sorry. Um, oh... Uh, clickbait scams, ads that you scam, medical alert scams. There's so many different. Uh, one of the big ones that that affect seniors the most is the grandchild calling, I'm in jail. Yeah. Can you send money to get me bailed out? Uh, most of the time, unfortunately, the grandparents don't really realize it's not their grandchild and always want to help their grandchildren get out of bad situations. So, that's a terrible one. Uh, and probably the one I hate the worst, Jerry. Do you want to know what the scam is I hate the worst? Sure, what is it? The scam I hate the worst is the, pre is the predator on the people that have already gotten scammed. And these people guarantee you that if you've gotten scammed, they're going to get your money back. And it's usually not one person. They're usually represented by an attorney or a supposed attorney. And even if you do somehow get your money back, you've spent way more than that to have this whole process happen. Well, you'll almost never get your money back. Almost never. 99% of these guys are in another country, and there is no way, there is no court, there is no court of law, there is no attorney that can go sue and reclaim profits right. from some scammer in some third world country. It's not yeah. going to happen. No, money's gone. Once you this is a end, it's gone. multi-billion dollar a year entry, uh, in, uh, in, uh, industry. Industry, thank you. Um, and it happens every day. And every day they get trickier and trickier and more drawn out as to how they're going to scam that money from you. So just keep your pocketbook close to you. Times are hard. We don't have money to, to, to take care of us, and we certainly don't have money to be scammed away. Absolutely. So be careful with, with your money. Uh, again, next week, I just want to wrap up real quick. We're going to be talking about nothing but things we're thankful for. Jerry, how can they, they send them to us? Two ways. Uh, they can send their comments, questions, suggestions, or for those incredibly rich that wish to Show their generosity, PayPal address of Newsworthy with Steve and Jerry at gmail.com or the text line at area code 540-309-1318. Guys, we appreciate all you that have listened, all of you that are helping our podcast grow. Please, whatever format you're listening to it, like it, uh, give it a thumbs up, five stars, whatever. Uh, help us grow even more. We appreciate you. And if you can't uh, see the light, be the light. Have a great night, guys. Thank you.